0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We are in part three of the series that I began a few weeks ago called The Forces of Life. And, um, oh yeah, there is one more announcement. Thank you, Derek, for helping me there. This week our offices are only open on Monday due to spring break, as most of the staff are all going to be, most of us are going to be at a conference out in El Paso, which is otherwise known as the edge of the world. So we're going to be a great church out there called Abundant Living Faith Center, Pastor Charles Neiman, and uh, that's where, you know, Pastor Phil Valdez that was here with us a few weeks ago, the youth pastor there, that's the church he's from, and they just have a dynamic church. I think they only have something like close to 20,000 people in that church, little bitty thing going on out there in El Paso, Texas, but uh, we always go there and get very inspired, and and they just have a wonderful conference. Bishop T.D. Jakes is going to be there this year. I can't wait to hear and preach, but uh, a lot of good things happening. So, Monday, if you need anything from us, you can get it Monday. After that, if it's an emergency, 911. All right. Or call your mom. Maybe she can help you. <laughs> All right. Well, We began this series a couple few weeks ago called Forces of Life and talked about the things that are in your life that are taking you into your future. There are forces at work, and so you have to learn what those things are so that you can direct those things to your advantage. You know, God has given us a free will. God's will is not just automatic and it's not always being done. Because if it is, I think he's doing a terrible job. (laughs) But his will is not always being done. That's why Jesus said, you have to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how is it in in heaven? How is it in heaven? Are there poor people in heaven? Sick people in heaven? Dying people in heaven? Sad people in heaven? No, 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 See, that's where the word of God is is known, unlimited and unhindered. Well, that's wonderful. But we as God's people as his emissaries in the earth today, as his image, we have to enforce and invoke his will on the earth. Otherwise, we won't, people won't see a glimpse of heaven. They won't see what God's really about. So uh, God gave us the free will a long time ago. He set this system up. So it's not that God's going around, well, God allowed that to happen for some reason. God allowed that. No, God allowed this a long time ago. He's not around just going allowing things to happen. This all was set up a long time ago, all right? Truth is, we're allowing most stuff to happen. If we'll take responsibility of that, then we can really do something about the trouble in the earth instead of just thinking, well, it's all in God's divine sovereign plan. Amen. Amen. We've got to take responsibility for ourselves and be the church. Amen. So, the first force that we talked about was seed time and harvest. And the power of sowing the seed. The Bible teaches that the seed produces after its own kind. What you sow, you will reap. And if you'll live your life as a Christian, not with a sin conscious, but a seed conscious. Understanding that that your thoughts are seeds, your words are seeds, your actions are seeds, and they're taking you into your future. Now, if you don't like where you've arrived at up to this point, I got good news for you. You can change that by sowing new seeds. Amen. It's wonderful. Seed time and harvest, as long as the earth remains, it's going to be here, right? Right? So you can, you can use that, that system and use it at, it at its optimum for your life. Amen. Also, we learned that uh, the force of your belief system, you know that you can have really good intentions and have the wrong belief system. If I were to get in my car and decide, you know, today I believe I'm going to drive on the left side of the road. Right? My intentions might be good, but I'm going in the wrong direction. And if I don't correct that wrong direction, I'm going to end up, in a mess. Maybe not just me, but other people as well. All right? So you have to fix your belief system. Jesus said, have faith in God. That's the numero uno way to fix your belief system. Just have faith in God, and let everything else trickle down from that. Let that be the center point of your life. And I'd like to go into all of that, but for the sake of time, we're not going to. Tell your neighbor, thank the Lord. All right? (laughs) Amen. All right, now, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Today, we look into the force of relationships. You are only going to go in far in, as far in life as the relationships that you have. Amen. If you need to change your relationships to get to where God wants you to be, then by all means, do it. Don't forget, don't sacrifice your relationship with God for a relationship with someone here on earth. Amen. He's number one, and so we follow his guidelines, and there are ways. I'm going to give you some some practical things to help you in establishing good relationships with people and finding out maybe where you have not done so well there. I'm not here to rebuke you. I'm here to help you. As you're turning there, I saw a little story about a city boy who went out fishing, and he was in a little boat out on the lake, and he looked up. And saw an old fisherman sitting in a boat had a mirror in his hand. And his curiosity got the best of him. So he rode over to the old man. And he said, uh, <clears throat> sir, excuse me, I notice you have a mirror there. He said, yeah. He said, what do you use that for? He said, I fish with it. He said, you fish with a mirror? He said, I sure do. And uh, he said, well, how? He said, well, I reflect the sun into the water off the mirror. And the fish come right up to the light there at the surface. And I just scoop my neck down and bring the fish in the boat. It's been a great week of fishing, too. The guy said, that works. He said, every time. He said, well, sir, I'd like to buy that mirror from you. I'll give you $30 for it. The old man said, all right. Exchanges the mirror, and the city boy... Goes rowing off, happy with his mirror, and turns back and says, by the way, how many fish did you catch this week? He said, you're number six. (laughs) All right. Have you found Ecclesiastes chapter (laughs) 4? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. Did you announce that Shane Allison had their baby? Well, I'm thinking too, because this child was the size of two children. This baby was. <laughs> I'm telling you, this but 10 pounds. I went over to their house yesterday, held that baby. It was born, you know, that I'm thinking, this kid's, like, ready for school. How in the... 10 pounds this little, and these cheeks, she's got these cheeks out here. We, we figure maybe about eight to eight and a half pounds were in cheek. <laughs> Beautiful little baby girl, London, what's her middle name? London Addison, London Addison Burke. Yeah, so, uh, and, then, and then Allison's just sitting up in the bed, just as surprised as can be. I'm thinking, how are you just not exhausted after having a kid of that size? It's amazing. I think she was just so elated to get her out, <laughs> had her at home. With no drugs. 10 pounds. Woo! Okay. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 11 or verse 10 For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I am sure glad to have friends in my life that have helped me along the way when I've fallen. Amen. Amen. Then the first and foremost, friend, would be my wife. Verse 11, again, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. Once again, thank for my wife today. All right. Uh, but, how, <laughs> but how can one be warm alone? Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Well, that's so good. The message reads it like this. It's better to have a partner than go at it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Father, thank you for these next few minutes under your word. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that we have in your word, that your word has withstood the test of time. Lord, from generation to generation, it's as relevant today as it was the moment that it was first pinned. Hallelujah. Because, God, it's a living word. This is not a word for just a time. It's a word for all time. And, Father, we thank you that we can look into your word today. And, Father, I thank you that you liken your word to a mirror, that we look into it and we see what life can be. We see, Lord, how you see us. We get your perspective. Father, I thank you for that. It's so much higher and so much better than what we can see about ourselves, but thank God that you have a perspective. Your perspective is looking through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And through his blood, Father, you see us clean. You see us pure. You see us holy. What a good God. What a, what a gracious God you are. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of all of our sins. Thank you for bringing us into this new covenant. And thank you for this moment to sit under your word, to bring it into our lives so that we can experience, God, your will for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes today um, about your relationships. Um, four areas of relationships that affect your life the most. Now, I want to encourage you today, if you um, have the Bible app from UVersion. Anybody, anybody familiar with the UVersion Bible here? Um, if you're not familiar with that, you can search on your phone uh, in your app store. Just search Bible, and usually it's the first one that comes up, and it's by a church out of Oklahoma City called LifeChurch.tv, and you can download that Bible app for free. And you've got every translation that you can imagine. But also what's really cool about it is that you, ha- you can tap on live. And then search One Cause Church, and then you'll find these notes here this morning. You can follow right along with some scripture references, all right? So it's free for you to just follow along, good resource for you, and if you want to email it to somebody that might encourage them, there you go. Four areas of relationships that affect your life the most. Number one is your marriage, right? Now, I'm talking about besides your relationship with Almighty God, which I'm assuming that I'm coming from that standpoint. If your relationship with Him is already intact through the Lord Jesus Christ, that you know now you've got peace with God through Him, and now this that relationship's a, a, a relationship. Amen. That relationship affects everything else that goes on in your life. Number one, it is your marriage. See, the kind of person that you marry is going to have an immeasurable effect on your future. If you haven't already figured that out by now, and hopefully it's a good thing for you. Amen. And if it's not been a good thing and if you've had a, you know, rough go at it, uh, be encouraged today that with God, all things are possible. Now, I think th- you might think your husband's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All right? So I'm here to help you. I'm here to encourage you. But it's very true that, that, you, that you walk, the two become one and walk together. Amen? And, uh, I mean, if a woman marries a lazy man, guess what? She's going to live in poverty. If a man marries a quarrelsome woman, poor guy. Proverbs says that it's like the constant dripping on a rainy day. (laughs) A man who dwells with a quarrelsome wife. It says it's better for him to live on the roof (laughs) than live in the house. I I didn't say it. I just found it in the Bible. It's there. It really is. And don't you know Solomon knew a thing or two as he had a thousand wives. Have mercy. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Either way. That's 999 too many. And it says he was the wisest, yeah. Okay. Your marriage. Your marriage. How you deal with your spouse. How you live the everyday partnership. Amen. Amen. Let me help you today I've counseled many couples over the years Heather and I and it amazes me over and over how the fingers just point at each other all the time well he does it she says this and, I'm a, and things can get fixed real fast if you just draw the circle around you and say I'm working on me and I don't care what happens I'm not going to worry about what they're doing. I got to worry about myself. Right? Because you're responsible for your life. You are responsible for your life. To say something like you make me so mad is to lie. You make yourself mad. You make yourself mad. You choose to be mad. You make me crazy. No, you make yourself crazy. You do it yourself. Shift the blame on somebody else. How are you going to react to that? Amen. We're we're responsible for our own lives. And you can fix a whole lot of stuff if you'll just focus on fixing you. And I'm telling you, you'll you'll be amazed how colorful the world will look if you'll just fix you. Because the moment you shift the blame, then it's just victim. You're a victim to circumstance. As uh, Curly says, I'm a victim of circumstance. (laughs) You'll just be a victim of circumstance all your life and just Whatever happens to you, well, you know, it is what it is. Oh no, stop that! Yes. You make it what it is, right. amen. So, so uh, you have to in, in your marriage, man. I, <laughs> I thought when I first got married, Heather told me to make this PG. She thought I pushed it too much in the first service. So, um, I thought when I mean, 23 years old, or just just a few days before my 23rd birthday, I had one thing on my mind. I'm gonna to have to admit to you on that wedding day. That was get to San Antonio to that hotel room as quick as possible. All right? Oh, come on, don't look so religious at me. Come on, guys, help me out of here. That's where our honeymoon was gonna be. My mother in law's in the room. <laughs> Whew. But then, from that day forward, reality came crashing down, you know? Like, oh, whoa, there's more to this than that. (laughs) And after all of the bliss of the honeymoon and all the young love and all that stuff, then it just came down to, okay, you have to make this thing happen, Eric. Because not every day was the feeling of love automatic. And I'm I'm telling you more from her side than mine, I promise you that, because... You know, she's got a lot tougher than I do. But over the years, I learned, hey, we have to make this thing work. We have to, we have to encourage positivity in this marriage. Because the world is the world's automatically negative. I mean, think about it. You turn on the news. Yes, No, not yesterday. When was it? Thursday we got up. And we usually like to check the weather. But we've learned that we just, thank God for DVR. I love that. You can just, you know, go through the commercials, and it's wonderful. But, so we usually get up and Pause the news. And we do that because we used to have to sit through, he's, this guy stabbed this person, and these three people were killed over here, and it's just death, destruction, robberies, and it's like, man, I mean, the first thing, it just hits you. You got this negative information coming into your life. So we just start, okay, pause, and then you fast forward through all that and get to the weather. And sometimes that's negative, but uh, you know what I'm saying? You just have to really guard yourself because because you just you take that into your life and then all of a sudden then you go to work and then you're talking about the things that you saw on the news. Did you hear about that guy that killed that guy? man? Can you believe he was stabbed 18 times, you know? And it's and and it's just this negative conversation all the time. And and I'm not, I'm not against I'm not against, you know, talking about things that are going on, but that can just become everything you talk about. I mean, how many more negative comments can we have about the economy? <clears throat> I mean, I watch Fox News, you know, try to, and everything's just horrific, and the world's coming to an end, and, you know, uh, it's just like, man, come on, somebody have something good to say. There really is a lot of good going on in the world, but it's too bad that that has become so awkward for us to, you know, talk about good things. It's just so natural to just flow in this other way. But what I'm saying is, in your marriage, if if that's all, you wake up to that, and you talk about that all throughout the day, and then, you know, maybe the kids didn't get their homework done, so you come home, and mom vents to you, dad, you know, uh, you need to whip Dylan, because he didn't get his homework done, you know, and I've done that. Many times, walked around the house, he says, you need to take the kids and whip them. I'm like, oh, I ain't seen them all day, you know? So, hey, kids, bend over, you know, whip their rear ends, and then, you know, go on, but just like you, just constantly. And so you have to you have to establish the environment of good things in your home, all right? Because your home is going to be your marriage is going to be as good as you make it, all right? You can't expect somebody else to make it good. You can't expect your spouse to make it good. You decide you're going to make it good, all right? And uh, and so it's important that you that you and, and talk to one another, tell each other that you love each other. My parents had a rule. They were married at 16 years old, and they had a rule that they were going to tell each other, I love you, three times a day. All right? At least three times. And sometimes they'd fight all day. And they'd lay down in bed, and they would look at each other and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Good night. <laughs> but whatever you got to do. Is that right, Mom? Is that right? Whatever you got. They're still married today. I thank the Lord. Amen. <laughs> they been married 20 years now. But you make what it is. This mayor of a major city was walking around town with his wife, and they were uh, shaking hands with people, and his wife meandered off and was talking to a construction worker at this site, and she came back over to her husband. They were walking along. He said, who was that? She said, I, I nearly married that guy. He said, really? You nearly married him. So they kept walking. He was thinking, and he said, you know, honey, if, uh, if you would married that guy, you'd be living on a construction worker's salary married to a construction worker. She said, sweetheart, if I would have married that man, he would have been the mayor of the city. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 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 I knew you ladies would like that. All right. Number two. Number two relationship that's effective is the ch- your church. Your church. Your church is vital for your life. That relationship to the house of God. It's important that you get into the house of God, that you plant yourself in that place and grow. That you form your relationships there in the church, get around good, positive Christian people, and have that effect in your life. People that you can pray with, people that you can go- talk to, and uh, I said, "God," almost said, "gossip." Talk to, and... church has such an impact on your life, and it will. And, and the truth is, it it's really what greatly influences your perspective of God. It's where you, as a believer. Thrive in your purpose because we are, as believers, we are children of God. What just happened over there? Thrive. Oh, yeah, that's the name of our youth group. Thrive! Anyway, <laughs> uh, I just got off that train and I thought and I'm somewhere out here. Yes, okay, you are the boss. You are the body of Christ. And as a believer, when you you become a child of God, you now serve a greater purpose than just existence, that you serve a purpose called the kingdom of God. And that the Bible calls you, you're not like the body of Christ. It says you are the body of Christ. Think about that. Well, that ought to really make you feel important today. You are the body of Christ. Now, don't start thinking about every wrong thing that you did last night. Don't start thinking about your flaws. Are you hearing me? You're the body of Christ, and he loves you just like you are, and he saved you just like you are, and he's taken you from where you are to a better you. Amen. That born-again experience, that miracle birth that took place the moment you put your faith in the Lord Jesus and understood at that moment that it all hangs on his performance. Jesus is the only one that has the ability to save a man. It's by no other name can man be be saved under heaven, under earth. In the earth, I should say. No other name. No other name. There are no other God. There's no other prophet. There's no other person. It's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the answer for every man, right? You put your faith in him. Then you become part of something really extraordinary called the body of Christ. See, when you come in here, when you, we gather together like this, this isn't just for us to come and hang out and have a good time, and although that does happen, but there's a spiritual thing that's going on called supply and receive, that we are all members mingled together. When you came in here, whether you know it or not, you brought something to supply, whether it was a handshake for someone, an encouraging word to someone, a hello, a hug, an offering, a service here, a volunteering in one of these ministries here at the church, whatever it was, you brought a supply, but also you came to receive as well. Somebody gave you a hug. Somebody encouraged you. Amen? And, 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 and you're, bringing, you're hearing the word today. You're receiving from the word of God today. It's really a marvelous thing. The body of Christ. And so we do that, and we grow, and we become healthy so that we can represent him properly in the earth. Amen? So. I just think that if you're searching for a church, that you're, as far as I'm concerned, just stop searching. This is it, man. Yeah, this is it. Thank you for your enthusiasm about that. I really appreciate that. But this, really, the church is the place where we ought to see unity. This is the place where we ought to experience unity, where we really ought to see what it's about. I think it's really sad I'm going to grab a guitar. Can I grab a guitar right quick? Why am I using this microphone, by the way? I usually have it. A... Jeremy, come here and help me right quick. Would you grab that acoustic for me? Actually, you know what? I'll just come back here. It's, yeah. Good. Thank you, you're to have to forgive me. Uh, I am a guitar player, but as you notice, I've been playing drums for quite a while, so I'm not as good on the guitar as I used to be. Oh, this thing sounds good. Ada, where are you? Where is he? Uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to play this song. This song, I always thought, was such, it was such a good church song. Now, some of you might be too young to remember this, but I think some people my age and older will uh, appreciate this. I always love this song. It goes like this. And if you know the words, feel free to sing along. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries. Uh, you're great. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes be where you can see, troubles are all the same, you want to go where everybody knows your name, yeah, you want to go where people know, the troubles are all the same, you want to go where everybody knows your name. are great. I always love that song. I thought that's the that should be the church. It shouldn't be a bar. You know, it's sad that people feel like they can go to a bar, and it's true. And go to it's not because people are necessarily alcoholics why they go to a bar. That might be part of the reason, but they go there because they can reveal secrets to people that are fogged up. when they wake up the next day, they don't remember what happened. They don't remember what they said. Just come back the next week, they'll love you again. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is that's what the church should be. We come together and we can we can confess our faults to one another and not expect to hear that they confessed your faults to everybody else. Amen. It's a church where we we cover one another, we love one another. We help each other grow, and we, 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 we help each other get through the, the tough times and the struggles, the pain, and the hurt, and the weakness. Amen. That's why I like this church. So I think we ought to sing that song every week, Candice. Can <laughs> you make that happen? Got to see it because otherwise it could end up like this church out in uh, Arkansas where Pastor Everett's from. And uh, (laughs) I've officially lost control of the crowd. Pastor Eric Daniel Harris, 37 years old, he pled guilty on November 1996 to arson. He burned down the Kentucky Missionary Baptist Church. The pastor in Saline County, Arkansas, according to a federal prosecutor, Harris said he did it because there was a division among church members and they needed a project to unify them. (laughs) Ah, I love this guy. Oh, man. So, you better, you just better be unified. All right? Psalm chapter 92, verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Man, I want that testimony. I want my life that when I'm old, that I'm not done. That I'm still bearing fruit. I'm still bearing fruit, still living a significant, meaning life. Why? Because I'm connected to the house of God. Amen. What a great promise that is for us. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting through this. Y'all are so fun today. All right. Number three relationship that greatly affects your life is your coworkers. workers Yeah. You guys ought to have my job and work with the staff I got. <laughs> I'm grateful. I really am. By faith, I'm grateful. <laughs> right. No, listen, it's important you recognize you recognize the influence of your coworkers and learn to control that influence's effect on your life. Amen. Yeah. Every day you're going to face people that you work with that will disagree with you or they'll challenge you or they'll annoy you. Hmm? But you have to learn to not be rattled by that or, or let what they do cause a reaction from you. Amen. Years ago, many, many years ago, it's becoming many, many more. When I was 16 years old, I was working at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza out in West Texas, and uh, you've heard me tell this story before, but um, I uh, was cutting pizzas and, you know, delivering pizzas. It's when Gaddy's wasn't, Gaddy world, world, world. It was just a little bitty pizza joint back then, and uh, so I was working with these guys. One of them was a military guy out there in San Angelo. It was a military base, uh, Goodfield Air Force Base, so there's soldiers all over the place, and it's uh, just a great, great town. And there was a couple of Air Force guys that worked there and a couple of guys that were at school at Angelo State University. And I was in high school. So, you know, I, I mean, these guys are older than me, so they're definitely, um, definitely in, poss- well, they have the potential to influence me. You know, young guys always looked up to the older guys. These guys were pieces of work, I'll have to admit. And uh, they really had a, they could cuss better than anybody. I, I mean, I'd never heard stuff like that before, you know. I'm pa- pastor's kid. Thank God I'd never heard that as a pastor's kid, right? But uh, be, being, being kind of in a bubble or a shell, and we went to a private school, so I, come, I go work here, and I'm like, golly, people really do talk like this, you know. But I didn't say anything to him. I just kind of kept to myself, you know, did my business. Year and a half, a year and a half goes by, and me and the manager were closing up one night. And he says, hey, Eric. I noticed something about you. I said, "What's that?" He said, uh, "You don't ever cuss, man." I said, it "Took you a year and a half <laughs> to figure that out." Well, you're observant, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, he said, "He said you don't ever you don't ever cuss or anything. You don't ever why why?" I said, "Man, I don't have any need for that." I said, uh, "You know, I, I'm a Christian. I just don't I don't feel like it honors God, and I want to honor Him." You know. Something like that. Anyway, so he goes, I'm a Christian too. And I said, you are? Okay. Now I'm going to rip your head off. Because you're supposed to be in this thing with me. Right? (laughs) Anyway, so I was like, what the heck, man? You leave me here by myself to to shine a light? And uh, anyway, and this guy ended up, we ended up having many, many conversations at night when we were close up. He didn't want to talk about it when we were around the other guys. But when we were by ourselves, he wanted to talk about the Lord. And uh, I saw this guy change over time. Now, listen, I wasn't preaching it down. I wasn't telling them they don't need to be cussed. I, I just work it. Right? Just work. So you don't have to let what other people do affect you. You just continue to be who you are. And I promise you that will make effect. Could be a year and a half, could be five years, whatever. Just know that your light, if you'll just continue to let it shine, and if you'll kill them with kindness, right, no matter what. If you'll just continue. I mean, I thank God that God doesn't change who he is because I do something stupid. You know? That he doesn't take revenge on me and go, well, you did that, so here. But I thought you never changed. Yeah, but you did, so I'm going to. No, thank God. So how are we going to show him if we're constantly change that we just be who we are just continue to be the light just continue to be kind Paul said it like this let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man grace is the answer for every man it's beautiful it's just the kindness of God see it's not it's not the judgment of God it's not the wrath and the fear of God that brings us to repentance it's the goodness of God it's because you know you're found that that you screw up royally you know and the next thing God blesses you big time you go how would you do that? Did you? Huh? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And he knows that his goodness is irresistible. Amen. So you just, you just be who you are. Amen. And that kindness will just disarm the hardest of hearts. Amen. And the last thing, <laughs> your social life. This is about who you hang out with, right? You go to the movies with, go out and eat, play golf, shop, whatever. But how many of you know here today that that can be tough sometimes? Because I think one of the deceptions of Christians is that you just have to like everybody and hang out with everybody. That's not true. Nothing could be more miserable for a person. Just out of a guilty conscience, hang out with somebody because, you know, I'm supposed to like them. And so you make your time and their time miserable, right? And it's stress. You're, you need some good R&R time. You need those friends that have the same values you do, right? That you can relax together, you can go do things together, and you guys are on the same level. You know that kind of friend. Because otherwise, it's very tough. And you find yourself in these pseudo-conversations uh, uh, with people otherwise, you know, avoiding certain topics, you know, acting like the friendship is one thing when it's really not, right? Like you know, not to talk politics with this certain person, or you don't talk religion with them, and so so you're just juggling all the time, just trying to make that's miserable. Get some real friends, <laughs> Amen. Heather and I, I told this the first server, We used to have a, a a couple that we used to hang out with quite a bit out in West Texas, and great people. I love them, but man, that relationship was work. It was just work. This is what we got all the time. How come you don't call? How come you don't ever call? They don't ever call us either, you know? I'm like, the phone rings both ways. My phone has a ringer on it. You never call. What do you mean, why don't I call? Why don't you call? You know, I couldn't say that because it would just crush them, you know? And then you're trying, oh, I'm sorry. I do not mean to hurt your feelings. Come on, let's go. let's go play together for a while, you know? Just, Ugh. work at it like that, I don't have the time nor the energy to give into a relationship like that. I have friends in my life. Man, I got one of my best friends in the world named Stephen Pilot. We grew up together and I can can not talk to him for five years and get a phone call and we'll talk and we just pick up where we left off. Just pick up where we left off. Just like, wow, feels like we haven't even been apart. I love friends like that. They love you for who you are and they don't expect you to be Superman, you know? Amen. That, understand that there's give and take in the relationship. And so it's important that you, that you have true R&R time, that, you have, that your social life is beneficial to you. Amen. And it really starts with that value system. And so I'm, I'm not telling you here to just shun people now that I told you that you don't have to like everybody. All I'm, just, all I'm saying is that's just a, that's just a lie. That's just a lie. You don't have to like. Jesus didn't say you have to like everybody. Right? You can love them, and you can love them from a distance. I love you, but I'm not hanging out with you. (laughs) Now, that's not coming from me as a pastor, okay? I'll hang out with any of you. Heather might not, but I will. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Your marriage. Your church, your coworkers, and your social life. Amen. I hope this has helped you today. Let me read that Ecclesiastes one more time, and I'll finish up. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. This is really the value of a good friend. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Boy, that's powerful. Nothing like a good friend. Or more. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.